Jesus is about to run the first leadership retreat in the New Testament, and I'm not sure what I think about the job he makes of it. I spent this weekend with our new and continuing leaders and our facilitator, Marie Cyphers. We got to know each other a little better. We talked about our church, our dreams for our church, where we have been, where we are, where we're going, and there was a sense I think that there was a drawing together in mind and spirit about the direction in which we're headed. And so today, this is a Sunday we set aside every year in which we dedicate uh, our new leadership to the task of leading us. And then I turn to today's gospel lesson, and what I read loosely is this. The disciples had all converged to meet with Jesus, to check in, and Jesus said, hey guys, we really need to get away. We really need to go somewhere and just recharge our batteries. Let's get in the boat. Let's go out to a deserted place. Let's be all by ourselves, and let's talk and plan for the future. So the disciples, they'd been out sharing all of this good news that the realm of God was intended for everyone and not just for some, and they returned to tell Jesus what they had done. And so Jesus takes them on a leadership retreat because they had no leisure time to eat, let alone get renewed. And you know, this is the only time in the Bible that the word leisure is used. I think that's significant. Jesus' response to the busyness was to get away to a deserted place. Now maybe his plans for the first ever leadership retreat with the disciples started out uh, like other retreats. There were flip charts, of course, on the boat. (laughs) The disciples all had name tags for sure. Hello, my name is James the Lesser. Here, tag here. They broke into groups of two to state what they wanted to give and get from being a part of the ministry. Maybe Thomas confessed that he wanted to get more certainty and less doubt to Judas, who in turn told Thomas why he wanted to give to the group by being the one who carried the purse full of money all of the time. Who knows for certain? I think that Jesus was attempting to do the right thing, and it's something we should all consider, because I think in our frantic and crazy lives, we need some time away. Though as we keep reading, the retreat that they go on is short-lived. Nowhere that Jesus and the disciples went was without pressing crowds and the pressing needs. And that's also the word for us. Ministry never ends. We can take a retreat, we can take a break, but there's always the need facing us when we return. In this case, the people who need what Jesus and the disciples have, see Jesus setting sail with the disciples just to get away from them for five minutes and go away on a boat to the other side. And what do they do? They, they run around to the other side of the lake where they can catch them pulling in. These people have no boundaries. <laughs> but still, Jesus does not send them away. He has compassion for them, and he continues to teach He continues to heal the sick. What about his needs? What about the time his own people need to stop and refill at the spiritual well? This brings up the ways, and we talked about them a little bit yesterday at our retreat, in which we look at our own expression of faith. What's more important? Is it grappling with religious questions, or is it being moved by a deeply spiritual experience? Is it deep contemplation? Or is it going out and working for peace and justice 
and equality? And the simple answer we discovered is yes. What good is our contemplation and our prayer if it never results in helping others? What good is the opening up of theological questions if it's not accompanied by the movement of the spirit where we really feel that movement among us as individuals and as a congregation as well? They all go hand in hand. The trick is to find the balance. And not a lot has changed in a couple thousand years. There's still more work to be done than there are hours in a day, and burnout and compassion fatigue and stress-related health issues are prominent among those who work in all of the helping professions and vocations. You know who you are. This week's gospel lesson provides a friendly reminder to all who lead and who serve and take on leadership roles in the church that if you want to be an effective disciple and a leader, then you have to be a good steward of your own life first. Think of the familiar uh, instructions that the flight attendants review before takeoff. If the oxygen mask drops down, you better put it on your own face first before you can help anyone else. If we don't take care of ourselves and our own health, how do we take care of other people? And today, I'm not speaking about church staff members, although we, have, we, we all could do probably better jobs of this ourselves. Today, we prayerfully welcome and we consecrate new and continuing leadership of the church. We care about you. We care for you. We want you to lead and serve. We don't want you to burn out. We want you to do a wonderful job supported by this congregation. All of you who serve on the ministry board, on the admin board, or committees need to be aware of good personal stewardship. Those of us who lead must also model effective stewardship of the self for others, and those of us who are not in leadership positions at this time will be or have been at one time or another, and today all of your friends are around you are reminded of the importance of supporting you in your work, including the work of an important new committee, the Deacons Committee, which still needs some willing hands to help. You know, even though the average work week for the American workers technically has fallen over the years, statistics can be very misleading. In fact, a study released in 2001 by the United Nations International Labor Organization found that Americans work longer hours than anyone else in the industrialized world. Americans also tend to take less paid vacation than their counterparts around the globe. Two weeks rather than four to six weeks that the European workers get. Granted, a lot has changed since the days when uh, many in the labor force punched a clock and worked regular, dependable hours. The economy, globalization, technology, more flexible and, and permeable work culture have shifted the way that work is viewed, but it's also contributed to greater stress and longer hours. Does, does that get an amen from anybody? Amen. You can be reached anytime via text, email, Facebook, the little ding, ding, ding that we hear at every meeting in every restaurant. The means of being wired in have blurred the lines between work time and our recharging time. How do you manage that? What if I just ask the question, how do you manage that? <laughs> do you turn off the phone? Go to a restaurant and leave it in the car? 
Many people say it's simply the new reality, and to a degree I understand it. But is it okay to disconnect? <laughs> Depends. I like that. The new reality means that both people means that people are feeling the stress now of more work hours, multiple priorities, less emphasis on Sabbath and self-care, and it isn't likely that this environment is going to change anytime soon, so we have to model good self-care for those we serve, those who lead. And it's something I have to say that clergy are notoriously bad at. A Lutheran pastor, Sharon Blizzard, says, if we are to model compassion and show mercy as followers of Jesus, our spiritual, emotional, and physical batteries need regular recharging. Otherwise, she says, our joy and delight and service risks becoming mere duty or an obligation rather than a passion and lifestyle. Remember that stewardship is about all of life, not just the contents of one's pocketbook. If you are the picture of perfect health, spiritual and otherwise, good for you. Great job. Make sure to encourage others to follow your lead in a realistic and healthy way. She says, if you fall short of the wellness mark, consider what you might need to do to make changes and how you can invite others into the conversation and process. As we share our struggles with self-care and how we try to do better, we give others permission to admit their struggles, hurts, and pain. And she concludes, together as the body of Christ, we have the opportunity to encourage one another and hold each other accountable for wellness, wholeness, and stewardship of all of God's gifts. We're looking ahead at how we can best serve each other and our community at such a time and place as this. In today's passage and in others like it in Mark, the need seems clear. There are people who have great needs. There are people who are hungry. They want to be fed both physically and spiritually. And certainly there are manifold needs in abundance all around us. Sometimes the needs are right here in a congregation and sometimes they're in the communities that are around us. In both cases, our faith communities play an active role in meeting those concrete needs. But in addition, there are some less tangible needs and evidence as well. In fact, Jesus first responds to the crowd because they seem to be lost, like he says, sheep without a shepherd. Here he doesn't cure or feed, but instead reaches out and he meets them just where they are, teaching and preaching and opening up to them the power and possibility of life. As you know from reading the rest of this week's passage from Mark's Gospel, the disciples never really got that respite. They never really got the weekend retreat with the leader, at least not on this particular occasion. There was work to be done. There were people to help. And sometimes our best laid plans for rest and exercise or health get derailed. And maybe it's the same way with us after all. Ours is a life of busyness that doesn't let up. Jesus does what we expect Jesus to do. We should expect no less, especially with the plans we have for our future and with you, our new leaders arriving to help take us there. Let's just keep trying to feed ourselves as we feed others. Don't let the emotional, physical, spiritual well run dry. If it does, the body will suffer.